Hello, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today is episode 49, and this episode is called Permission is a Funny Thing. At the very beginning, I want to give a shout out to Annie, who inspired this title for this episode today. Uh, Annie is a regular listener and regularly responds in beautiful, creative ways to these episodes. So Annie, thanks for all of your creative vulnerability and um, all the things that you've shared with me and how it's led to this very episode. So you all have her to thank. Bravo, Annie. Okay, so... Annie, I think, when she wrote me, she wrote this sentence, permission is a funny thing, in one of her responses to an episode that's a little bit older. And um, I think I tend to talk about permission a lot. And maybe you're used to this, maybe you're still kind of trying to figure out what I mean by all of this, but I do say this quite a bit. And I say this to my students, I say this to my clients, I say this to my friends, Uh, and certainly here. But so what do I mean? You know, when I talk about this, like giving permission, uh, what do I mean? So a lot of times what I'm talking about is I'm talking about giving yourself permission. Um, But first I want to talk about for a second, giving other people permission. So one way that I see this, this is particularly important when we think about vulnerability, is... um, Oftentimes, people need to be given permission to be vulnerable. They need to see that we are safe. They need to see that they are safe in our presence. And uh, I would never expect someone to be vulnerable with me unless I have somehow shown them that I can hold what they've got for me. And So when I say giving permission to other people, that's one of the ways that I'm talking about this is giving people permission to be vulnerable, giving people permission to be themselves. So what does that look like? Uh, Part of what that looks like is that we don't shame. We don't accuse. We don't uh, laugh at people in ways that are unkind. So, you know, a lot of times it's really easy to shame people when they're doing something that makes us uncomfortable or something that breaks our own rules. What do I mean by that? So uh, maybe, let's see. So a good example might be something like uh, my friend Phil always says, he'll say often, Uh, When we feel powerless, we go back to the last place where we felt power. So sometimes when we feel powerless and somebody else feels like the person that we're with feels like they have a lot of power over us, sometimes we go back to power grab in the last place we found power. And sometimes that involves shaming other people. Shaming uh, in ways that calls them out and sort of points and stares and says, you are bad and I am good. Uh, it gets the attention off of ourselves and it points at the other person naked and ashamed in the square. Uh, that's no good. <laughs> uh, that's, that's putting out some weird stuff into the, uh, 
the sphere. So uh, I would recommend not doing that. So um, the opposite of that is giving people permission to, you know, be themselves, whatever that looks like. Uh, It also gives, it also means we give ourselves permission to do some things. Uh, which I'll talk about more in a second, but the thing I want to mention here at this moment is sometimes when we're feeling powerless, the only permission we need to give ourselves is to, you know, notice that we feel powerless. That's a great permission to give because what it does is it not only gives us permission to feel empowered again and to sort of become the observer over our shame instead of it being our observer and bigger than us, Uh, that's the first thing it does. But it also, the second thing that it does is it gives us permission to be kind instead of cruel to the other, um, to not abuse power that we might have. So that's one thing. What else? Okay. So today I want to talk a little bit about positive and negative ways that we, uh, give permission to ourselves and to others. I want to start with negative ways first. And when I say negative, I'm using this as a very definitive term, like, like I can define this. No way. I'm doing my best here. I think you can probably, I'm trying to be as objective as possible um, in the ways that don't lead down pathways of health and goodness and wholeness. So that's what I mean by negative ways of giving ourselves permission and others permission. So here's the first thing that I would say is um, one of the negatives way, negative ways we do this is we allow people to push us around. We allow people to use their power over us. We allow people to shame us. We sort of, by our silence or even by our participation, we give people permission to shame us. Ooh. Um, Maybe something specific comes to mind when you when I say this for you. Um, another thing that we potentially do to give permission is we let ourselves off the hook. So how many times have you done something that objectively you know is not serving you or other people and you just let it slide? You just decide, somehow you justify it, somehow you make it seem less harmful than it is. How often do we do that? Uh, I want you to think of an example of this. Think of the last time you did this where you actually let yourself off the hook for something. Maybe there was this little nagging sensation in your belly that was like, hey, that wasn't so great that won't make us a better person. (laughs) Um, And you sort of just gave that self a part of self, a pacifier or something like that. Um, We do this. We do this. Um, The protectors in us are speaking, but uh, sometimes we quiet them. So that's another way we give permission to ourselves. Um, What else? Let's see here. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) this is probably one of the bigger ones, I would say. Uh, we give people permission to set rules for us. 
that we would never set for ourselves or that God would never set for us. So um, I would say maybe the most common places that this happens is within systems. So a family system is the first system that we're ever in, right? And the family of origin has a tremendously rigid and (laughs) unexposed set of rules, shall I say. We all grow up in a family system where there are a ton of rules and uh, we all play by them until we don't. And sometimes we always play them, play by them, and we never stop. Uh, But, you know, a a classic example of this is something like, you know, dad is an alcoholic and mom is a peacemaker and an enabler. And, you know, there are several kids in the family and everyone kind of tries to, you know, play it low and uh, stay out of dad's way. And nobody talks about the fact that dad's an alcoholic because that's against the rules. Like, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about uh, what's actually going on, do we? No, we don't do that. That's against the rules. And then suddenly, you know, one person goes off to college and separates from the family and starts questioning all the rules, maybe goes to the free counseling center at college. Um, I've heard this a million times. And, you know, goes back to goes back home for Christmas break and is like, hey, why aren't we talking about the fact that dad is an alcoholic? I'm not okay with that. <laughs> you know, so anyway, there. that's a really interesting example. I've heard that a bunch and bunch of times. Not that even specific story, but like something about the family of origin rules, that it sets rules for us that we aren't necessarily okay with, that don't serve us, or that uh, would be better off being challenged but we give our we give our systems permission to set rules don't we and also let's be real here people uh for those the system benefits speaking truth uh to those people is often extremely risky to the point where we could lose our jobs uh lose relationships uh, lose status so don't think I don't get it because I do. But I just want to point out the fact that we give our systems permission, don't we? That's one way. Okay, another way is let's see, drum roll. Um, I think that I actually do have an outline, believe it or not. I sound like I don't, but I do. And oh, here's here's another one is we, um, We let other people, and this goes along with the shaming and enabling and stuff like that, but a lot of times we, we, uh, we give people permission, unearned permission to dictate our value and rank in the world. Uh, In other words, how Henry Nouwen would say this, my good old buddy Henry Nouwen, um, in the, the book Life of the Beloved, One of the ways he would say that is we give people permission to say no to our innate goodness. I think why we do that to a large degree is this whole shame business. I think it can be very hard to believe that we are beloved, that that is our innate truth, that that is our innate identity, even though, uh, 
it's like this is one of those things it's like it's true and extremely complicated to believe very difficult to believe We've got to commit a lot of energy to believing it so um you know just something to think about one of the ways that this showed up recently for me and is this is not a personal story but uh, I just saw oh speaking of which thank you all for uh, my birthday wishes many of you just so sweetly sent me so many lovely tender birthday wishes thank you last week uh, I'm a ripe old woman <laughs> and I just keep getting older and older I have lots of gray hairs I found four on my chair today. It was very sad. Anyway, all that to say, for my birthday, I decided, uh, actually, I didn't decide, Alan decided, to take me to My Fair Lady, the play. And shout out to Quintessence Theater Troupe in Mount Airy, section of Philadelphia. Um, Look up Quintessence online. They perform at the Cedric Cultural Center, but they are having their we were there for opening night of My Fair Lady. It was the first ever musical that they've ever done as a theater troupe. Very cool. Anyway, so My Fair Lady. I don't know if you've ever seen this show or movie, but uh, if you're a feminist, probably don't love this mo- Love this show. <laughs> it's kind of uh, got your skin crawling every, every once in a while. Um, it's just very... It's a very... Uh, interesting picture of this man Henry Higgins who is has basically taken on this woman Eliza Doolittle as a project and he's going to make her you know a classy woman he's going to teach her how to speak properly and be high class society and the whole ugh, the whole thing even just saying that makes me want to throw up um just this whole idea of women as objects, you know, it's really tough for me. Um, women as projects. And, you know, there's, there are no uncertain terms in this show. Henry Higgins is, uh, clueless, narcissistic and, uh, misogynistic. So it's, it can be tough. It can be tough, but it's awesome because it really reveals, um, you know, how Eliza Doolittle, moves from giving permission to Henry uh, to moving away from giving that permission. I won't say any more than that in case you haven't seen it, but it's a very interesting, interesting watch. I could say that a, an updated version of that would probably be even more pro-woman <laughs> if I were to uh, rewrite some of it myself, which I would. Anyway, so there's that. That's just a recent example, My Fair Lady. Uh, also, Pygmalion is a, it's just a spinoff of Pygmalion, which is an older play, older story. So, okay. Now, here's a question I have is why do we give other people so much permission? Why do we do this? Well, kind of like I said with the systems bit. When we give the systems rules and when we give other people in power permission to do what they want, to do what they feel, we know where we stand to some degree, right? If we're playing by the rules and if we are doing things as they have always been done, if we keep the same dance steps 
the whole time and we don't mm, play around with something new, we know what our place is. We know what's going to happen. It's predictable. It's, you know, it's what we're used to. There's a safety to that. We can't ignore that. I would argue, though, however, uh, I just said though and however, I would argue, however, that easy does not actually mean safe. And that oftentimes uh, it costs us way more than we are ready to pay in the long run. Uh, When we give other people permission, either knowingly or unknowingly, to treat us poorly, to say no to our belovedness, our identity of chosen and good and taken by God and loved by God, um, when we give people permission to do that, it's like you've taken a rope and it's like every time we even say yes to those people, it's like we tie a knot in the rope. And before you know it, we have this rope that is really knotted and we're not even sure where to begin. So as often as possible, be careful to whom you give permission in these negative ways. Um, I'm not necessarily encouraging rebellion or uprise, <laughs> but I, you also, again, if you're in a system where it's dangerous for you, unsafe for you, either physically, emotionally, mentally, to uh, challenge the system where you have no support and your, your life depends on that system, be careful. Be slow, be cautious, be careful, be smart. Uh, untie one knot at a time. Don't tackle the whole ball of knots. Um, but I do want you to think, I want you to think about uh, who's in your life that you give this negative permission to. I want you to think about that for a minute while I find my page. Who is this person or people that you give a lot of permission to, to tell you who you are, to tell you who you're not, uh, which is definitely not their, it's definitely out of their pay grade to do so. I'm going to read you a quote from Henry now, and I think I've actually read this before, but who could get tired of this? Um, From page 57 of Life of the Beloved. This is where he starts talking about this stuff. Uh, This is in the chapter called Taken. As long as we allow our parents, siblings, teachers, friends, and lovers to determine whether we are taken or not, chosen or not, we are caught in the net of a suffocating world that accepts or rejects us according to its own agenda of effectiveness and control. So that's really, uh, whew, effectiveness. Who in your life <clears throat> is setting the agenda for your personal effectiveness and goodness? Who is doing that? Who are you giving permission to do that? Uh, I would argue that it's time to take a good look at that. Okay, <clears throat> now let's move Crossing over, crossing over to the positive side here, or whatever we want to call this. Positive, is that? Yeah. 
what if we gave ourselves permission to we gave what what if we gave God permission to set the agenda for our effectiveness? What if we use God's measurement tools for value, uh, for goodness, for belovedness? Um, what if? What if? What would happen? Um, I want to talk about some positive permissions that could come from this and could come from having experiences with human beings who give us permission. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like a cycle. It feeds on itself. It's like self-fulfilling to some degree, right? When we are given permission, we give ourselves permission and then we, it's like a feedback loop that is building into goodness. Um, so many, okay, so I'm going to give you an example. So many people, I'm a counselor. I think we all know that by now. Uh, I have seen so many people come into my office who, for whatever reason, whatever their story is, they do not give themselves permission to cry. It's really hard. It almost looks like they're going to die if they allow themselves to cry in front of me, in front of another person. Like, it's okay to do it alone. It's okay to do it in the car afterward. It's okay to do it in the car on the way or whatever, but it's just not okay for some reason to cry in front of another person. Uh, I like to give people permission to cry. <laughs> and I do mean it. I, I am extremely comfortable with tears because I think they are so beautiful uh, because they're vulnerable. I love seeing people be able to be themselves, to see tears are just an extension of what's going on inside, right? It's the eyes way of expressing the eyes words, if you will. Um, sometimes it's better than words. It speaks more. So I cry some. <laughs> oh, so many friends are laughing. I cry every once in a while. And, um, I have this great story of a friend, a dear friend who I knew that this person was safe when this happened. Um, so I was at a, I was at a counseling conference and one of my friends was the speaker. And at this point, this friend was sort of more of an acquaintance or I didn't know this person very well. And the topic was, they were, you know, there was some talk of family of origin. There was some talk of attachment. There was some talk of, um, you know, my stuff that I love, neurobiology and interpersonal relationships, things like that. And, uh, I had some tears. I had some tears. Uh, there's a lot happening for me at that time. It was probably two, three years ago, maybe. There's a lot happening for me at this time. Uh, I was feeling rather rejected validly or not by other, by a certain group of people. Um, I was just feeling sort of like, I didn't belong and I was feeling self-rejection. I was feeling rejection from others. I was doubting a lot. Like I was doubting my abilities, my, myself, my like actual self, who I was. And I remember feeling extremely uncomfortable that I was crying at this conference. And you know, this, these people are like professionals. What is wrong with me? Why am I crying? Oh my gosh. Like get yourself together. And someone even made a comment like, Oh, do you have a cold? <laughs> like, 
no, my uh, feelings are leaking out of my eyeballs, actually. (laughs) So I was embarrassed. I felt some shame. Uh, I talked myself out of it. You know, I was like, this is, it's okay. Like, I'm okay. Again, this was years ago, so I've been doing a lot of work since then. And at this point, I would never feel worried about crying at a conference. Um, Who cares what people think? Anyway, that comes with age also. (laughs) I love that. But so my friend who was speaking, this is the best part of the whole story. Uh, We all kind of dispersed after the conference pretty quickly. I never really got to catch up with this friend. Uh, And I get a text message later from this friend. And all it says is this. It was great to see you today. By the way, I saw your tears and they are always important. For whatever, those two sentences, I saw your tears and they're always important. It was so great to see you, see you today, like really see you. Uh, I saw your tears and they are always important. Who says that? I mean, really, like that was when I knew, okay, this person is legit. This is a person who is safe uh, or like really, really good at lying so far. I've learned this person is not very good at lying (laughs) and it's just really actually kind. Uh, So I've given this person a lot of permission in my life because I see the safety that is present because I feel seen. Uh, I've given this friend permission to see me more over time. That's one way. Give yourself permission to cry and to be seen crying. It is beautiful. Please don't care what other people think. It doesn't mean you like go to work every day and let it all out and sob hysterically. That's not that's not going to serve you. It's going to just set you up for mockery. But uh, you know, try to find ways to balance so that you're actually getting to express yourself in healthy places where safe people are. And then when you go to work, you won't have to cry. Maybe that's just one of my strategies. Anyway, that's one thing. Permission to cry. Check. Permission to be awkward. <laughs> Give yourself permission to be awkward. Uh, this is where shame shows up the most. Like, this is kind of what I was saying before. It's like, it's like seventh grade. It's like middle school, right? It's just, or like the reset, the playground. It's just like, ha ha, you can't do that. I can. You're awkward. Ugh, it's, it's just, ugh, yucky. Um, don't let shame get to you like that. If somebody makes fun of you or somebody mocks you or someone makes you feel like you're awkward, please go back to your belovedness. Go back to permitting God to define you because that's just ugh, ugh. so many grownups do not know how to be grownups. Um, that's frustrating. Okay, so though we're all capable, though, let's be honest. Uh, again, we go back to the last place we had power when we feel powerless. There's nothing... There's only human stuff there. Um, Number three, give yourself permission to be kind, but also firm. Uh, There's a lot of boundary talk that goes around, uh, especially, okay, so we're approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas imminently. And this is a time when boundaries need to be set, kind of like, you know, going home from college. Hey, why aren't we talking about God? Or, whoa. Why aren't we talking about dad being an alcoholic? Why aren't we talking about that? That was a weird Freudian slip. Um, 
that kind of thing. Be kind, but be firm. Like, you don't have to shame people, but you also don't have to lie. Uh, you can say truthfulness and kindness. You can say truth and kindness and love. Um, like, uh, let's see, do I want to say this yet? No, I'll come back to it, maybe. No, oh, no, I'll say it. So, what if we gave ourselves permission to say what we experience? So, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite lines is, to, you know, so I spend a lot of time observing people. I'm like, this is my superpower I, since I was born. Um, I observe people. I like walk into a room and I'm watching what's happening and I can see the dynamics and I can see sort of what's happening for people. And uh, I don't, not to like use it against them, I just notice it. But sometimes when I feel, you know, I need to give myself permission to be kind but firm, what I do a lot of the times is I'll just say, you know, I can't help but notice that you often only have negative things to say about me in our conversations. It would be great if you could lead with something that you like. And then with equal or lesser gravity, maybe you mention something that you'd like me to work on. How's that sound? <laughs> That's like some of you are gasping and your eyes are popping out of your head. I have said those words before, not long ago. And it's, not, it's, it's a way to be kind because you're pointing out what's happening, but it's firm at the same time because you're pointing out what's happening. <laughs> you're not shaming the person. You're not like, hey, jerk, stop being mean to me, bully. You're just like, hey, you know, I can't help but notice that a lot of your comments are negative. And that doesn't feel so great. Uh, one of my other favorite lines is, I'm not sure how you wanted me to feel when you said that, but it didn't feel good. <laughs> Something like that. Or when you say, blah, 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 I feel this way. Those kinds of things. Giving ourselves permission to do that kind of stuff is really powerful. It goes a long way. And it wakes people up. And if they have a problem with that, and they decide to turn around and shame you for it, don't take it. You don't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to go back to the identity that God gave you, not this person. They aren't the boss of you. They are not the determiner of your identity and your value. Period. Period. There's only one being who is, and that is God. And God says you are good. Very good, in fact. And that you are beloved. So, and chosen, and all that goodness. Oh, when I get up here, I get crazy. Okay, so um, if we give permission to not let our decisions be made out of fear of other people's reactions, what could happen? Oh my gosh, can you imagine what your life would be like if you weren't like, ooh, I shouldn't say that because then this person's going to say that, so I'm just going to say this. It's like, what if we just were like, you know what? this is a truthful thing that I feel like I need to say. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be firm, but it needs to be said. And like, ugh, the chips are just going to have to fall where they are. It's just going to have to happen that way. Uh, that's an important thing. Sometimes it is hard, 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 hard. It's risky. It's scary. Your heart will be pounding out of your chest. And the next time you do it, it will be easier. And it will pay off. The other person will react. The other person will be like, hey, you're breaking the rules and that's not cool. And now I will shame you. 
shame has no power over the beloved. If God decides who you are and that you're good, shame has nothing to say. Period. Because you're not bad if you're good. Simple, yet difficult. Okay, last but not least. uh, Give yourself permission to take a break. (laughs) This also includes boundaries. You know, hey, I can spend three days here with you all, but then I need to move on to this other part of vacation. Or uh, I would love to play cards with you for an hour, and then I need to go do something different. Something like this. This is all, you know, it's great. It's fine. And uh, it's saying yes to both. It's saying, yes, I will spend time with you. Yes, I value this investment. And also I need my space. That's a boundary right there. And to give yourself permission to stop and to breathe, to take a break, to go hide in the bathroom and cry for a little bit. Do it. Do it. Do it during Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's okay. It's okay. Likely, by taking a break, giving yourself permission to take a break, you're also giving yourself permission to be kinder while being firm because you're not going to react as emotionally as you would have before you took your break. Uh, Go take a break. Breathe. Remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself of what's true. Go back to your breath. You're going to be okay. Okay. Invitation. This is like the whole thing is an invitation today, practically. Pretty much all of them are, but this one really is. Um, Here's my invitation. I want you to consider uh, who... uh, No, I I want you to consider that a lot of people who have no real authority to go tell you who you must be and what you are and what you ought to do. Um, I want you to consider that. How often do you let people decide for you? Give them permission. And without being reckless, of course, or being, you know, uh, power unchecked, self-power unchecked, What would it be like to give yourself permission to speak back inside of yourself to what other people are telling you you are? To going in the bathroom and reminding yourself of your true identity, right? Uh, You know, perhaps you, what you've grown up believing, uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not true. And maybe what is true about you is that you're stronger, you're more valuable, you're beloved than you've ever imagined. And this is why permission is a funny thing. Because we've already been given this identity, and yet we still don't give ourselves permission to be what we already are. That's why it's a funny thing. It's also a funny thing because it's self-perpetuating. The more we remember what's already true about us, the more we act out of that identity. The more we are kind while being firm. The more we are saying no to shame. The more we are being vulnerable in ways that become 
necessary to our very existence. Uh, and that's a gosh darn beautiful thing. I'm going to finish up this quote by Henry Nouwen as your blessing, as our blessing today. There's a lot of power in blessings, and uh, I would say this one holds a lot. This is from the next page of that very first, the first quote I just shared earlier. How do we get in touch with our chosenness when we are surrounded by rejections? And he talks about it being self-rejection and other rejection. Every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, you have to dare to say to yourself, these feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. The truth, even though I cannot feel it right now, is that I am the chosen child of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity, and held safe in an everlasting embrace. Second, you have to keep looking for people and places where your truth is spoken and where you are reminded of your deepest identity as the chosen one. So go find people who are like my friend who texted me that very simple and extremely unforgettable and powerful statement. I saw your tears and they always matter because you matter. So may you, my loved lifers, grab on to the thing that's true. Grab on to the thing that's been true before you were a sliver uh, in someone's eye. You know, before you were a sparkle in God's eye or whatever. That doesn't make sense, but you get what I mean. Before anything was true, you were loved. You were created out of love. Ugh, don't forget that. So go to Thanksgiving, <clears throat> go to Christmas, and go give yourself permission to be the beloved. Take good care, my friends. See you next week. Tell me another story With a happy ending Come my feet so weary And my heart need mending Is it true soon? Tell me another story 
with a brand new meaning Come my heart so weary And my head need healing Is it true soon? Bye. 